It's a leg crossed Monday recording here on Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. My name is Paige. I use they, them pronouns. We're, yeah, we were both talking about how we went to bed early and then crashed really hard. And so we're kind of like out of it this morning. Yeah. It's been a great day so far. Yeah. Paige just laughed at me for YouTubing how to pronounce a word that said about three fucking thousand times in today's episode. <laughs> we're talking. I get it though. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. It happens. We all well, do that. And it's so annoying because it's like, how do you pronounce this word? And then it'll be like, like there was one that was like three minutes long and I'm like no I don't was another that. one that was 28 <laughs> seconds I'm like okay obviously and then it was so much preamble yeah sounds about right that, like, that tracks literally <laughs> just tell me I just need the word that's all <laughs> well it sucks right when you like get through an entire something and then realize at the end that you've said the name wrong the whole time you're like oh my god exactly. what have I done exactly so I get it you know I think I can muddle my way through the rest of these but this one has some interesting vowels and stuff. We shall see. So, the Seavians. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how is it spelled? Like S-C-Y? Oh, like a scythe. Yeah, it's, I, I, see, I see. So, if you were, you would, like, Scythian? Yeah. But apparently it's Seavian. Seavian, I um, like it. I know, it sounds sick. Great. They were equestrian nomads who lived around, like, modern Iran, um, to the Black Sea, like, north africa okay kind of area um they migrated from central asia to the pontic step during like ninth to eighth centuries bc okay um so we're talking more than two thousand years yeah ago, like almost three a while at this point. <laughs> um, they were skilled in mounted warfare and became the dominant power in the region often crossing the caucasus mountains to raid into west asia uh, until that was shut down by the oh i should have looked this one up too medes oh i like i think so they're an ancient iranian people um and were eventually conquered by the samaritans in the third century bc they were overtaken by the goths not the ones that all wear black (laughs) that might be cooler though (laughs) i know it would be pretty sick just like a bunch of all goths yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, in the early Middle Ages, they were largely absorbed into the early Slav population, uh, and they also played an important part of the Silk Road, became known for their metalworking. Yep, makes sense. So I realized I gave you no preamble. Yeah. I... Um, we just dove right in, and I love it. <laughs> so we're going to do a little bit of stuff about the Scythian culture, and then we're okay. going to talk one specific sect of priests. Oh, Which is fun. what makes it, love it related to this podcast with its queerness. Okay. So, Yeah. Until the last hundred years or so, most of what we know about them came from Herodotus, who was this Greek philosopher. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'll get into, like, the wild shit he said in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> More recently, we've learned from Russian and Ukrainian anthropologists who studied the area, because um, part of it, they ended up in, like, Crimea, Crimea okay. kind of area. Right. Um, so, Scythian society was fairly patriarchal. Um, womp womp. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> So, yeah, women were fairly subordinate to men, although the women from the upper classes were free to, like, ride horses, um, while women from the lower classes were, you know, probably a little bit more restricted and spent most of their time indoors or, like, farming. Yeah. Uh, Among the more nomadic tribes, the women and children spent most of their time, like, in the wagons and just kind of doing stuff like that. Right. Uh, Polygamy was practiced among the Scythian upper classes and kings had harems. Uh, some of these women were the king's legal wives and others were concubines. 
I feel like the difference is just basically whether your son can inherit. Right. Because otherwise, I'm not entirely sure. What the difference actually yeah, is. Right? Yeah, Yeah. And like, maybe some were more powerful and some were just pretty. Like, some were like alliances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but similar yeah. to Egypt, they could also be inherited. So... The concubines? And the wives. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah. in Egypt, there was this thing. Of, it was, yeah, there was a lot of... Mm, interesting genetics going on oh god the reason king tut died so young <laughs> um but yeah so like your your dad's wives and concubines could then become yours okay yeah 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 that yeah yeah that's a thing <laughs> i like just but yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Women were likely in charge of tending herds, organizing, you know, just kind of day-to-day lives while the fellows were fighting. Um, the Scythians were a people with a strong warrior culture and fighting was one of the main occupations of the fellas. Uh, they were all trained in war and archery from pretty young. Um, they were known especially for their like horseback archery. Yeah. Um, I guess they got a lot of their horses from uh, the Mongolians. Um, so, you know, like Genghis Khan and yeah all those folks I didn't actually look at the timeline to see if there's similar times I think I think I the think great so. Khan came a little later I think so I think so probably yeah, yeah. but interesting yeah I yeah. now I'm like curious we'll right hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we know a fair bit of this also from like their burials right and yeah the, the grave goods that were there so they included weapons um you know armor stuff like that um but this hungerness for war might have been exaggerated by herodotus i mean he did exaggerate a lot of things um we think this mostly because of like the depictions in their art um there are some of war yeah. but mostly it's more like pastoral like right. kind of farming and just day-to-day kind of general stuff um fairly peaceful and then modern you know authors use herodotus as a source so it kind of compounds yeah right because we only have like you know two or three you know people who exactly. actually wrote about it and so everybody's right. like well i mean herodotus said a lot of crazy shit but this might be right we'll never know yeah <laughs> yeah this has nothing to do with our priests i just thought it was interesting in a diabolical kind of way love it so one thing was the Scythians coated their arrows with a poison referred to in greek as Scythicon? Scythicon? Okay. Didn't I wanted to study Greek, but it would have had to be online, and I thought that was too difficult, so I took French <laughs> and did not do well. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's I feel like that's a lot of people's experience with French. There was an option in university because you had to do languages, um, to do there was Greek and Latin. Mm-hmm. So you could do like because you have to do three courses basically. So you could yeah. do Greek and Latin or like French or Spanish or whatever. Another. Um, and I was at the Okanagan campus of UBC, and those ones were only offered in vans, so I would have to do them. And I was like, learning Latin and Greek online sounds really hard. Yeah, no thanks. No, yep. thank you. Uh, but this poison was made of snake venom, decayed human blood, and feces. Nice. Basically, they captured adders that had recently given birth, left them to decompose. I don't know why the given birth part is important. Yeah, that's um, Maybe they have more venom? I don't know. I don't know maybe they're easier to catch because they haven't eaten in several months yeah true i don't know yeah it's filled with mystery easier to <laughs> de-venom <laughs> they were so they were left to decompose and then um leather bags were filled with human blood and buried in dung to putrefy 
uh, and then they mixed all this fun stuff together and put it on their arrows which basically meant Jesus. that if you survived getting hit with an arrow yeah you would die um, from the infection <laughs> well exactly so you would have to you would experience the snake poison yeah which included the disintegration of blood cells uh respiratory uh paralysis all that fun stuff yeah and then from the you know the other matter the um you would get like gangrene and eventually Ooh. tetanus if you survived yeah in a couple days because uh, humans are disgusting yeah and full of disease well i mean anything's disgusting when shit's involved like well, shit and dry like and blood no thanks so like humans <laughs> have like a pretty much universal like revulsion to like the smell of rot exactly and, like, yeah um and this was a period where they still use like the miasma theory of right. disease which is basically like disease was carried by bad smells in the air yeah which is why you know when people were sick they would be like open up the windows you know get aired out right yeah, aired yeah. Out. <laughs> um and that went on till upsettingly recently i still do that now <laughs> i mean fresh air is nice but it's not because it's yeah, yeah no. my windows are just always open it's not true because of decay i promise true but... <laughs> um but yeah so it these horrible smelling weapons Ooh. also made people think that they carried disease they wanted to get the hell away exactly right? so escape like, that disease in the air yeah uh, yeah get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it like yeah. no thank you yeah you've also have you seen movies where some like warrior people will have like their enemy skulls as like drinking uh-huh so apparently they did this yep they would use like the tops as drinking bowls and they would like cover it in leather leather and like gild the inside yeah which yeah there is some other really gory stuff that i check out because this is a family show <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing you've said all day oh thanks <laughs> clearly i'm off my game if that's the best i've got <laughs> <laughs> it's a monday we're never recording yeah it's yeah <laughs> it um, they also participated um in selling slaves to the greek uh city-states mostly ones captured in battle um and i do want to clarify like slavery in like the greek and roman world is very different than like chattel slavery yeah um that we know like which is what was practiced in like the u.s um that's kind of the most famous example of it that's very much its own fucked up thing the sort of greek and roman one was like there were a couple different versions. Some of them were like serfs, so they were attached to the land. Right. Um, some people sold themselves in for a variety of reasons, or it was used to cover debts. Um, there were a whole bunch of ways that people, yeah, or they were defeated in battle. Um, there were laws about how people could be treated, and there were like different right. degrees of enslavement. Interesting. Right. So, like, if somebody killed an enslaved person, they were tried. Like, you could not do that without putting okay. them on trial right like they could be executed if they did something but yeah they had the trial, trial came first right um so yeah there was a lot of that there was i heard this one story about at one point they wanted to make them wear something to sort of signify like separate them from the general population right um but the people in charge were like if you can visually see who is enslaved and who isn't if you can single it out like well, that they're gonna realize how many of them there are and it's gonna be a huge fucking problem revolt <laughs> well exactly they're gonna yeah. see how many of them right so they're, well realistically yeah. they'll probably outnumber any well, other exactly. population of people that are yeah. there right yeah. like and like some of them you're used for like policing like there was a lot of different it's kind of interesting it's still fucked yeah right none but, of this is to yeah. say that slavery yeah. is okay <laughs> yeah just... i do want to differentiate it from shadow slavery but it's still fucked slavery but like a different flavor yeah <laughs> so 
the whole reason that this topic came up is because once again, Kelsey came into our office and was like, you need to do a podcast about this. <laughs> so there was a priesthood among the Scythians. Um, they're basically what we would call transgender uh, soothsayers called the Anaria. Um, they were born and lived their sort of early lives as men and then later assumed like the roles and clothing of women. Um, basically like they're also called Anari in the Greek, which is right. a Herodotus's little translation. But basically, um, the A is like non, and then nar is like man. So like right. not man. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Some say like unmanly. Yeah. But I feel like that carries like a value judgment. Yeah, totally. But basically, it means not men. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they were affiliated to uh, a cult of the goddess Ardenpasa and the Scythian's ancestral snake-legged goddess, Ooh. which sounds very cool. Snake-legged? Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> we, well, you're also going to like this next bit. Uh, we have archaeological evidence that the Anaria use cannabis in their rituals. Hell um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> uh, so including both like communal ones as well as sort of funerary um. Right. rituals they are among some of the earliest spiritual practitioners to have used cannabis that we've found um, to achieve altered states of consciousness and they it seems to imply a connection between like gender non-conformity and like spiritual practitioners and mind-altering substances and like right sort of this connection to this other like world or this divinity yeah like a like a different plane of existence kind of yeah almost. yeah, yeah. true like and like the gender nonconformity played a role in that totally um which is something like we do see here and there sort of throughout history oh, right yeah. absolutely is, yeah a lot of like gender nonconforming people being given like really important religious or ceremonial roles because they see multiple sides or yeah you know they kind of walk through different worlds exactly yeah yeah, yeah. very interesting trans and non-binary people are cooler than us unfortunately <laughs> always happen I hate okay. to say it <laughs> the truth comes out <laughs> uh yeah so they also acted as seers they performed uh divination using the bark of a linden tree basically they would like braid and unbraid it around their fingers to get answers to things that honestly like you say that and i picture like our kids during programming nights on the rainbow loom yeah like that's just like yeah, I don't know. Same vibes. I yeah, feel. yeah, <laughs> I like that. They were also consulted whenever the king was ill. So this was believed to be caused by um, people, you know, trying to bring down the gods or like cursing out the king, basically, right? Yeah. Um, once the Anaria had identified a suspect who you know they thought was responsible for it, they you know usually the suspect would obviously claim to be innocent. Right. right especially you're like you put a curse on the king and they'd be like no, no i didn't no. what are you talking about that's yeah. preposterous right yeah <laughs> so if the anaria were like no you're definitely guilty um they brought in six more soothsayers to kind of consult uh if they upheld the original accusation the suspect was executed by beheading and his property was divided among the anaria who had found him guilty which seems super okay. sus and like a motivation to accuse really wealthy people right yeah right interesting yeah okay. which this seems like not a good system right like uh i could maybe pick out a few different yeah. pieces here but um, you know that's okay that's fine yeah if the additional <laughs> soothsayers declared the suspect was innocent 
the process of consulting more soothsayers was like repeated right again yeah um if this like then third like larger number still declared the person was innocent the initial accusers were executed i well, see somebody's here <gasps> somebody came in to stop by with gossip for kelsey that they won't ever tell us <sighs> i know so sad for us <laughs> secret life of the executive director i know that's i'm going on vacation and i told Paige specifically that they have to tell me if anything interesting happens or like if there's any tea i'm like i don't care all of it I like mean, you I need have to, know. to tell me or we're <laughs> friends off <laughs> don't worry we're, we'll be good okay it'll be fun yeah just get updates <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so oh that's where i was we were just about to talk about how these soothsayers were executed because it's fucked oh yeah and they were put in a wagon that was filled with like kindling i'm sure you yeah i see on your face you know where this is going yep it was set on fire and pulled by oxen who eventually also burned with the wagon um which like that seems like a really good way to start forest fires like just have a burning wagon trailing (laughs) through (laughs) just like just going like i don't know what contingencies they took but but also like I, and I'm imagining like a wagon of this era. Yeah. How did these soothsayers not just like get off? Well, I assume they were bound in some way. I mean, yeah, probably. It's not like right. somebody would just like stay on a burning wagon. Which, like, I guess, like, it makes sense that you would want to punish people who do false accusations, but like, this is wild. Right? I also feel like it's so much more gory than the punishment for the person who put the curse on the king and made him sick. Exactly. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, the better part is the sons of these Inaria were also killed. Oh, God. Um, their daughters were not, though. So could the daughters inherit the concubines then? Or No. no. So <laughs> I know. I mean, the king. I'm, I'm being a dick. Yeah. The king was not an Inaria. Um, yeah. So, like pretty much any ancient priesthood they had to differentiate themselves from the you know the mere mortals right um through like dress behavior rituals all this um so in addition to wearing you know what was considered women's clothes they might have also worn um other stuff like drums um headdresses they had ornate scepters with like carvings and bells at the top that they would like summon people to you know be like hey a ritual's about to start yeah no kidding um yeah, some of them, like, the descriptions of them sound really cool. There was one that, like, the top split into, like, three branches, each with, like, a bird of prey with a bell in its beak, which sounds pretty sick, right? I'm like, I want a scepter with, like, birds of prey and bells. Right? They just scepter, rattle really. it at people, make them think I was putting a curse on them. Go back to, like, your toddler era where, like, you had those little, like, rattlers, yeah. <laughs> except it's a human-sized scepter, and it's yeah. way better. yeah. So the Inaria were also really, like, even before they kind of joined the priesthood, they were part of the aristocracy. Right. Like, these were not, you know, poor farmers. Yeah. Um, They were born male, but eventually, you know, sort of later in life, they started wearing women's clothing, performed women's jobs, and were believed to be inherently different from men, and that their androgyny was divinely, like, of right. divine origin. Yeah. According to their tr- shamanic traditions they were considered transformed um and that this change made them extremely powerful yeah uh, which meant they were you know they inspired fear and they were treated with like a special respect um 
yeah. sort of separate from like probably yeah. probably like that kind of respect that you get when like you don't completely understand something but well, like, like respect from like fear too right? exactly well and that fear can kind of come from like the not understanding yeah. right like yeah you're, like, yeah you're really powerful and can probably curse me so I'm gonna be really deferential uh, yeah you know? right yeah I will be the nicest person you've ever met <laughs> so kind of back to these aforementioned goddesses so Ardenpasa and the snake leg goddess were the ones that the Inaria were affiliated with and they themselves were very androgynous goddesses so Ardenpasa was believed to be able to turn men into women and vice versa and the snake-legged goddess was often represented with a beard right makes sense right yeah nice yeah so snake legs and a beard can you get much cooler right it's pretty sick (laughs) but also like snake like like does that mean she has two snakes like one for each leg i hope so because that visual is much more kind of like a mermaid i mean that the single tail is what makes sense but in my head i'm picturing like one snake per leg yeah and you don't walk you just they slither in motion together i feel like one like slithers forward like after each other kind of like walking like if somebody's gliding (laughs) (laughs) like a hockey skater but like probably shouldn't talk shit about ancient goddesses we're not talking shit we're talking about how cool that would be i mean yeah we're, we're being respectful okay totally <laughs> unrelated but as someone who knows biblical stuff i'm sure you'll appreciate this oh yeah so there's like actual academic um disagreement about how lucifer as a snake moved in the garden of eden oh my god because it doesn't actually say okay. that it slithered i think it had like legs yeah. or something um exactly there was one scholar that got mad at the other um who was like oh maybe it was like kind of coiled and he kind of sprung and the guy was like satan is in a pogo stick <laughs> yeah i guess snakes lost their legs because of what satan did yeah exactly okay yeah yeah snakes used to have i don't remember all the details about it because it's been like which like snakes forever. did nothing wrong right i mean lucifer didn't even really do anything wrong he taught them critical thinking but like snakes did nothing wrong why did they have to lose their legs i feel like that's a common like theme in in biblical anything is yeah. like why did this happen though like yeah. you put any amount of thought into it and you're like what i it's so funny and like i follow multiple like actual like academic scholars who study yeah. the bible on tiktok just because nice. i'm so fascinated by it but it's really interesting yeah it's yeah it's always something yeah it's wild but yeah fun little right. side little fact. little tidbit so Could you imagine snakes with legs though like would that not just be like a centipede well, I was thinking more like an iguana because you know they're both. I mean, yeah, that too. Like reptiles. I, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, like all of, of like legs. the number of exactly. Like if a snake were to have legs, how many legs? If a snake would it had? pants. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Oh, he wouldn't. He That's would yeah. Not. It doesn't actually specify how many legs a snake has. Yeah. So uh, now I'm intrigued. How, how many, many did the Lucifer snake had? Was it a millipede? Was it a millipede or was it an iguana? (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. Anyway. (laughs) Do you want to hear about the curse? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So the Scythians believed that the androgyny of the Anaria was uh, from a curse by Arnimpasa. Basically, some people sacked a temple of this other goddess who um, kind of has like Ardenpasa and this other goddess are like basically the same but different cultures and names um so her temple was sacked shit was stolen uh and she cursed you know the people who did it um turning them you know into women 
So this curse was also hereditary, right? So the Inaria were also hereditary. Um, Yeah, so it affected not just, like, the looters, but, like, their descendants and stuff. So, like, their sons would also become Inaria, which is, I think, why they killed them um, in the whole accusation bit. Gotcha. But, so they lived a good chunk of their lives as men with their transformation happening later, like, kind of at a similar age as the men who did the sacking right right okay um but others are like it was after they found out they could no longer have sex um and we are entirely sure but there's a couple explanations of why yeah one from herodotus which is wild so it's unknown whether they practice ritual castration um right. or just refrained from like heterosexual intercourse um but they weren't celibate they did also yeah. sleep with men quote like taking the role of the woman okay so they're bottoms basically (laughs) yeah culturally yeah so do you want to hear why herodotus thought yeah of course absolutely so he didn't think that this was a divine transformation he thought that their like the leggings they wore to ride horses were too tight and that (laughs) riding horses itself you know made them really sore and there were some issues there of the classic and then on top of that to treat their soreness they um this is all from Herodotus. This is not any other evidence. They bleed them behind the ears, and somehow bleeding them behind their ears makes their dicks not work. So they put on women's clothes and do women's work. Uh, and this only affects rich people uh, more. Like the ear cut thing? The, the ear cut thing only affects rich people? No, so the ear oh, cut okay, thing okay. makes their dicks not work. Right. The um, Anarya thing affects rich people. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Um, more than poor because riding horses is for nobility, apparently. Um... <laughs> basically herodotus was like clearly if the gods were involved it would be the poor that are punished because they can't make as good offerings as rich people and poor people are more likely to be mad at the gods for making them poor and therefore piss off the gods yeah so clearly if this was divine it would be the poor that would be punished since it's the rich yeah are good people we can give better things. there's clearly a real earthly yeah. reason because gods love rich people Paige. i don't know if you know this yeah please come <laughs> on get with the program <laughs> yeah um i know so there are some stories of them using an early form of hormonal therapy either via licorice root or pregnant mare's urine or maybe a combination right um which like i think it was premarin which is like an old um feminizing hormone that isn't really used anymore because of its side effects i think was either derived from or similar to mare's urine so like okay there is it would kind of yeah. makes sense there's also some like trans subreddits about drinking like licorice root tea yeah to kind of help the process yeah that's um, what we were talking about last week I remember yeah <laughs> so like unfortunately because we do this podcast off the side of our desks i didn't have the time to really dive deep into that yeah but it certainly sounds more likely than just horse riding made you know the sea like these yeah specific guys unable you know like impotent exactly because significantly more than just the anaria rode horses and wore leggings right? yeah it, it so, was not just that yeah so small. if that was the explanation you would think it would be more widespread exactly it would happen um, to more people than just like the handful so this i feel like some kind of thing that affected their hormones would make more sense i would say so yeah but yeah interesting yeah that's the anaria the of the Cedians the cedians i I trans priests who smoke pot 
made wild accusations to bring down the rich to become rich themselves well richer because they were already um and clearly no gods are involved because gods love rich people is the lesson that's the lesson this week kids (laughs) that yeah it just like makes you think you know like well and there are multiple so like we've talked very briefly um we did just like little blurbs quite a while ago in our episode about like greek myths and stuff of like there were multiple like sects of priests and shamans um that were gender non-conforming yeah right that kind of were what we would consider non-binary or trans right completely switching kind of from one to the other so like it was pretty common and like we find a lot of these things that we think of as very modern were significantly more common and like yeah because queer people have existed in every time period across the globe forever yeah hands down like you can find in every culture there is some version of gender nonconformity. yeah of like queerness um i learned recently that like the word straight is actually fairly recent it was used as like i don't know how true this is i haven't checked the source but that straight was used as an insult by queer people for like specifically men who used to be a little bit more fluid but have gone back to the straight and narrow quote-unquote okay yeah yeah so all you people being proud about being super straight and flying your Pornhub colored flag (laughs) straight was an insult uh I mean like I still use straight as an insult I mean it depends very true I feel like I feel like that's with any insult though you know like you know like memes where it's like cishet descriptive or like cishet derogatory exactly or like men derogatory yes right right it's yeah. like there's well it's even so like when i worked at the language house there were two words in the language for white people and okay. one was a neutral descriptor and one was derogatory <laughs> my god amazing it's like i feel like that's pretty common yeah yeah it makes sense Thanks. yeah yeah but yeah we've always been here so get bucked uh transphobes <laughs> exactly yeah i feel like that is just yeah the theme for everything i mean yeah Ron DeSantis's campaign is crashing and burning not because of the anti-queer mm. stuff unfortunately but well it's even like that tiktok that was going around with that uh like the people who go uh and like hang out with the street preachers oh with, yeah like, that one guy who's just like going on about like I vote for Rob DeSantis. And it's like, oh, you're Canadian. Yeah. What are, let's stop. The guy who, yeah, there was a guy who cried corner. Yeah. It was calling them communists. It was downtown though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like the pride corner folks. It, it was, but yeah. He was calling them communists and they were like, what? And he was like, this is why I'm voting for Ron DeSantis for president. And it was like, are you a tourist or are you just very confused? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't yeah. think you actually know what's I, going on. I did see another- <laughs> try, buddy, but- <laughs> Another preacher on white- when I was down there, it was so confusing at first because I was like, that man is wearing a wizard hat. Yeah. Uh, but then we saw he had a Bible and he, it was so unsettling. Not because he was yelling at people. He was kind of staring blankly into the middle distance, had a very monotone. He was just kind of standing there unmoving, but talking about how we're all going to hell and Eve betrayed Adam and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, it would be less upsetting if you were yelling at me directly. Right? Right? Like, look at me. If you're going to stand here and yell, look at me. And I stand know. Here and yell. Like, he's just standing Say there. Say it to my face, you know? <laughs> like, Eve betrayed Adam. Like, I am a robot. <laughs> not looking at anyone with his wizard hat. And, like, it was really funny because he didn't stay in one spot. So, like, we saw him when we were parking. Yeah. And then we came out of the show and we saw him on a different corner. 
Yeah. And then we went and got coffee. And then, and then he was on a different, and then he was on a different, he was moving down white. <laughs> Uh, yeah well don't you know they're harder to track that way i know oh yeah. well, they're not here they must be a block up the same street it they're was already the wizard hat that really threw me we were joking about how that's appropriation <laughs> stop giving the wizards a bad name yeah christians yeah not all christians street preacher yeah street preachers are just like deserve a certain level of like yeah shit you know we're just fucking up everybody's day exactly. when we're just trying to see fringe shows right yeah nobody goes on white app to be yelled at well i mean like anyways <laughs> <laughs> our listeners from edmonton you get it yeah exactly <laughs> i don't need to say anymore white is little... a wild place yeah It's also, when I was looking at Unrelated, I was looking at Operation Soap, which we still need to do an episode about, um, yeah. being, like, Canada's large largest uh, mass arrest at the time. But then I saw some articles saying that it was surpassed by the Edmonton Stanley Cup riots in, oh in the early God. 2000s. I believe And it. I don't know if the Vancouver ones then, you know, outdid that. But yeah, they're, like, that was down white. yeah. And like I don't from the sounds of it, it didn't. Like I think soap is still more. Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah. But still. Yeah, I think that one was because we lost. Yeah. It's I mean, whether we win or lose, there will be a riot in whatever Canadian city. Oh, right, exactly. Either way, you're gonna get Especially something. if the game is played there. Well, I I'm trying to think like if the game is played there and they win, is that more chaotic than if the game is played there and they lose? So I feel like it's the vibe of the riot, right? Like if they yeah. win, it's celebratory. It's still frightening, but it's celebratory. Yeah. Whereas if they lose, it's like it's, scary, but it's fun. all of the anger and pain. Exactly. And then it's like, just scary. And frustration. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like those ones are more destructive. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm also ca- talking out of my ass. So what else? Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> there was a really interesting during that same game. Yeah, like water usage graph for the city of Edmonton compared to like okay. before the game, in between periods, and like during. Yeah, and like you could see in between periods was when everybody was going to the bathroom. Exactly, and yeah. there was like no water usage during the actual gameplay. It was so fucking funny. Makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, wild. Do you have any queer joys? queer joys my queer joys of the fringe is on right now yeah i fucking love the fringe uh live at the fringe when the fringe is on i just like i if the fringe is happening i'm probably there that's yeah i this is the first time i've been to the fringe in about 10 years yeah um i went to see a show that was so fucking great it was like shakespearean characters fighting D monsters exactly and like parts like the audience played the characters and it was like the guy who ran it was the dm Nice. Which I really appreciate how he did it. At the very beginning, he was like, only people who want to be on the stage will be on the stage. You will not be pressured or cajoled or forced to join. Like, yeah. you are totally fine. Yeah, like, it's voluntary. It was it was really great because I think a lot of people will just be like, you, come join me. It's like, oh, fuck. I don't want to. I have anxiety. But yes, yeah. yeah. So that was really great. And then the day before, I also went to like the Shakespeare in the Park for the summer. Hell yeah. Uh, which was Twelfth Night, aka like a whole show about gay panic um and it was fucking great it was so well done it was like a very like you know a bunch of people left being like i didn't know shakespeare would be like that and like i actually really love that and i'm like yes 
the bringing it to the masses the representation that it needs well because people well, think even, it's like yeah. this fancy highbrow shit but like so 12th night have you ever heard the the quote like some men are born great some achieve greatness some of greatness rest upon them unfortunately so <laughs> do you know what that quote is actually about i feel like i will once you say it but he's, my brain he's talking about his penis greatness is his penis but all these dipshits who don't know the context quote it. Now I really don't want to think about greatness being thrust upon you. Like, well, exactly. No He's, yeah, it's it's this like fool who's I'll been. Pass. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what that's about. But I love it so fucking go. much. And it was so good. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, that's my career joy. Nice. Amazing. Oh, and also I'm going on vacation. Yay. And then you come back and then I'm going on vacation. I know. No one is going to like there's gonna be one person at any given time in the office in september because then kelsey's also leaving yeah and you're leaving for part yeah well because i yeah everybody's taking their vacation in the next couple weeks um so we've had to like stagger bear with us yeah (laughs) it's gonna be interesting if it is another almost month until our next episode you know why it's because we're taking care of ourselves we do have an episode that's been waiting it just needs a little bit of work um but yeah yeah so we'll see if you ever get to hear it maybe it'll be a mystery lost episode who knows just just for us but thanks for thanks for sticking with us thanks for joining us be kind to yourself and others and we'll see you when we see you next time when i am back at some point bye eventually